Republican poll watchers, some of them off-duty policemen wearing guns and armbands, were also near the polls. They're not going there just to challenge somebody's signature. They're going there to disrupt and to stop people from voting. What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news story? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our reporters every week, right here, right now. The Debrief. Welcome, everyone, to the Debrief Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Cooperstein, in for David Ushery. And if you watch the first presidential debate, or you're one of President Trump's 87 million Twitter followers, or if you've seen clips of some of his rallies, you've likely heard his growing calls for poll watchers. The president and others in his campaign have called for, in fact, an army of supporters to monitor polling places for fraud this election. And that's raising concerns from Democrats and voting rights advocates. They're worried about possible voter intimidation. This week, the iTeams election project explores an ugly chapter from New Jersey's past that may prove instructive for this election. With early voting underway, the calls from President Trump have amplified. I'm urging my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully. From the debate stage to his Twitter page, the Trump campaign is explicitly asking supporters to go to the polls and watch out for fraud. We need every able-bodied man, woman to join Army for Trump's election security operation. The call to arms has alarmed Democrats nationwide and sent a chill through certain parts of New Jersey. There's always some pretense about safety or fraud or whatever, and it's all really part of a mechanism to try to hold down black people, other people of color, and poor people in general. Larry Hamm is a longtime political activist in Newark. So how does it play out? How does the presence of an unauthorized poll watcher in a predominantly black or brown community affect someone's right to vote? Well, just being there, a person in uniform or a person that they have never seen before, because it has a chilling effect on people, and it makes people apprehensive about going into the polling place. The proof, Ham and other Democrats say, is what happened here in 1981. Republican poll watchers, some of them off-duty policemen wearing guns and armbands, were also near the polls. It was all part of the National Ballot Security Task Force set up by the Republican National and State Committees to guard against vote fraud. Hanging in the balance then, New Jersey's next governor, Republican Tom Kane in a tight race with Democrat Jim Florio. 5,000 of these signs were distributed near polling places, warning potential voters that a ballot security force was patrolling the area. Republican operatives targeted cities with large black and Hispanic populations, like Newark. You have to be uh, very, very naive not to appreciate what the real motivation was. Nearly 40 years later, Florio is haunted by his razor-thin loss. 1,797 votes out of 2.3 million casts. Democrats sued, citing efforts to intimidate, threaten, and coerce duly qualified black and Hispanic voters from voting. Angelo Genova filed the lawsuit that forced a settlement. I think we started creating uh, concern among those that were being scrutinized, and that ultimately led to um, uh, an opportunity to settle the case. A federal consent decree banned both parties from poll-watching tactics that target minority voters. But not forever. 
They're called poll watches, a very safe, very nice thing. The consent decree expired in 2017 during President Trump's first year in office. Historian Junius Williams, one of the lawyers who investigated what happened in 81, fears history will repeat itself. I hope folks are prepared for it now because this is the model that they're going to be using to challenge people and to disrupt and to uh, intimidate voters. Ironically, voting by mail makes poll watchers less of a concern in New Jersey this year. But voters like Fresia Bermudez, who just became a citizen, worry about the rest of the country. I'm sending my ground and I hope everybody does the same thing. Teddy Woods is concerned too. We're not afraid. He can put a million people out there. We're still going to go do what we got to do. Let's welcome in Larry Hamm, the longtime leader of the People's Organization for Progress and a well-known activist in Newark. Larry, thank you so much for the time. We just heard from you in that story explaining how, in your view, calls for poll watchers can turn into a threat for black and brown communities especially. Can you explain why you don't agree with the Trump campaign's assessment that this is simply about transparency? No, and and I think the average person doesn't think it's just about transparency. I think what's transparent is that everyone can see these efforts on the part of the Trump campaign and the Trump administration are an attempt to intimidate people, to keep people from the polls, and to even keep people from voting. And it's all part of a uh, voter suppression effort that has been going on for years. It actually precedes the Trump administration, as your piece showed. So um, no one is fooled by talk of this, that this is harmless, this is for transparency, etc. It's all about voter suppression. It's all about voter intimidation. It's all about keeping people from voting and keeping uh, Trump from being defeated in the election. The thing that supporters of the president will say is that it's better to have people monitoring the polls. What's the harm, as he said in the piece, and he said it during the debate, it's safe, it's nice. How, how in your mind, does it actually play out as a threat? Well, first of all, there is no significant evidence to show that there are significant levels of voter fraud in this country that warrant the type of action that President Trump is calling for. Political campaigns get to put poll watchers in. This is not something outside of the political game, so to speak. So if I have a campaign uh, as a Democrat, I'm entitled to a poll watcher to put someone in the polls. My opposition is entitled to a poll watcher. So that's the norm. What Trump is calling for is something beyond the norm. He is signaling his proud boys and his boogaloo boys and his white supremacists and his white nationalists and his neo-Nazis of all stripes to uh, mobilize and to go to the polls. In those states where open carry is legal, those people are going to go to the polls with guns. And that is going to frighten people. And that is what it is designed to do. It's designed to frighten and to intimidate. So what Trump is calling for is something beyond the norm. What his son is calling for. And these are the words he used. That's why I really have to listen closely. They said they want an army of people to go to the polls on election day. Now, army immediately conjures up 
a certain type of image, a militant image. And I believe it's a dog whistle to their militias that they have in almost every state in the union, these armed militia groups and all the other stripes of uh, white nationalists and white supremacists and neo-Nazis and neo-Confederates, etc., to go to the polls and do what they can to disrupt the election process. They, they're not going there just to challenge somebody's signature. They're going there to disrupt and to stop people from voting. You touched on an important distinction between official election observers, authorized poll monitors. And every state has different rules for who can become one of these people. It requires training, certification. But what you're talking about is the idea of self-appointing and just showing up, especially at a polling place where you may not be registered. That's the concern that that a lot of voting rights advocates have. And and people should be concerned because this is a blatant attempt to pervert, if not overthrow, the democratic process. That's what this is all about. You know, in a normal campaign or on election day, you go into the polls, you have the workers there who are appointed by either the board of elections or the county supervisor, however it is handled state by state, whatever the official agency is, they have their own official neutral poll workers who are to conduct the voting process. They are not to engage in any electioneering. But you also have in the polls, and the candidates are permitted to have in the polls, official poll watchers who must be registered prior to election day. They must have credentials. There's a certain credential that they get. And they can sit in the polling place, and if necessary, they can challenge someone. They, they're called, in the layman's term, they're called challengers. These already exist. What Trump is calling for is something way beyond that, which is designed, as I said, to subvert the democratic process, to produce what we have seen in the last couple of days, these almost mile-long lines of voters. I remember the election in 16, how there were literally hundreds of people outside of polling places that didn't even get to vote. And in 16, uh, I don't think Trump had reached the level yet where he was calling on his militias and his his white supremacists and white nationalists to do what he wants them to do in 20. I, I mean, sometimes when I watch these things and I read about these things, it it makes me feel like. I'm back in 1955. I literally can see in my mind, in my mind's eye, people demonstrating at the courthouse, demanding the right to cast their ballot. And here we are in the 21st century, literally back at that place. It's very disheartening. But the message I want to give people today is not to be discouraged. Yes, I can't stop you from feeling sad or downhearted. But don't let those feelings stop you from casting your vote. Don't let anything turn you around. In the old days in the civil rights movement, we used to sing a song, ain't going to let nobody turn us around. Don't let anybody or anything 
turn you around from casting your vote on election day. What else do you recommend voters do besides don't be discouraged? And and we heard people in our story, we talked to some voters in Newark saying that they're going to stand their ground, even if there are unfamiliar faces at the polls on election day. What else can voters do to prepare for the possibility of unauthorized poll watchers? Well, in states that will have vote by mail, like New Jersey, this will be our first vote by mail general election in New Jersey and in other places where people have already received their ballots. I would say to people, fill your ballot out today and mail it in today if you must use the postal service. Because if you mail it in today, in all likelihood, it will reach the Board of Elections in time and it will be counted. However, what I would also counsel people to do is if you have the wherewithal to hand deliver your ballot, I would hand deliver it. In certain states, there are official drop boxes you can take your ballots to and put them in if you don't want to use the Postal Service. And you can also go down, like I live in Essex County, New Jersey. I can go down to the Hall of Records in Newark and I can hand deliver my ballot uh, to the Board of Elections. The office is right there. So if you want to mail your ballot in, don't wait till the week of the election. Mail it in now. Or if you want to even have a greater degree of certainty, hand deliver the ballot. Larry, we highlighted the 1981 case in New Jersey in this story. Uh, But are there other examples of voter intimidation that come to mind for you when you think back to that? I mean, I had a situation just yesterday. Someone informed me that a formerly incarcerated person tried to cast a ballot and and were told that they couldn't. That's a form of intimidation here in New Jersey because now formerly incarcerated persons can vote. It used to be in New Jersey that you had to wait until your parole or your probation was over. But now the governor, the last year, the governor signed a bill into law that would allow formerly incarcerated people to vote uh, while they're on parole and while they're on probation. Uh, I was informed that a person was told by an, uh, a person in the county office <laughs> you know, that they couldn't vote because they were, quote, unquote, a criminal. Uh, this is a form. This is another form of intimidation and suppression because do you know that as a result of the governor signing that bill into law last year, that 80,000 formerly incarcerated or recently incarcerated persons will be able to vote in this election if they choose to do so. That's a lot of people. And so uh, I would imagine you know, that what happened uh, to that person uh, here, and this was here in Essex County, is probably certainly happening in other counties around the state. That's why people have to know their right. You have to be assertive. You shouldn't be aggressive. <laughs> you should be, should be mean to people, but be assertive about exercising your right to vote and don't take no for The ACLU and some other legal groups have said they're going to take a proactive approach because of the calls for poll watchers. They might be have a greater presence at polling places on Election Day. Do you think that could make things more chaotic on Election Day? No, the ACLU is a longstanding civil liberties 
legal activist organization that has performed this function at many elections. So I do not think that their participation will increase the chaos. What it may lead to is, in fact, the protection of some people's rights to vote who may be denied that initially denied that right. So I actually welcome the participation of the ACLU just as I would welcome the participation of the League of Women Voters. Larry, thank you so much for discussing with us and sharing your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you and keep up the good work. Big thanks to Larry Ham and thank you for listening. We really appreciate our production team as well. Melissa Mack, Darren Price and Ben Berkowitz. I'm your host, Adam Cooperstein, in for David Ushery. We'll check back with you next time, right here on The Debrief.